Leonard's, and today we're going to talk about a bunch of shit. We're going to talk about uh, the celebrity gossip that's been keeping me up at night, restless, turning left to right, thinking about when will I know the answers to these truths of the universe. We'll also talk about my full year of sobriety, which is, surprise, surprise, the truth. I am not hammered. I am just like this. And number three, we're going to talk about uh, what I like about divas. And you know what? What I like about divas is that they're always me. I am one. So guess what, everybody? I am your god. Praise me. I'm Lainey. I am very excited about the way that I'm going to start today because I knew 100% with no question what I am starting with. I am following up from last week. And here's the thing. I found this almost immediately after I talked about, okay, listen. Oh, my God. Okay. Nicki Minaj called out DJ Khaled for not eating any pussy. And she was like, hey, I had to cancel him. We don't talk anymore. And then I went on Instagram and I saw that when her album came out, which is called Queen, and it looks kind of basic uh, and it's kind of sad, but there are a few bangers on there, so I'm happy about that, but I really wish she could have a stronger showing. But anyway, here's the point, because I would really love to play it and then just, like, kick people's dicks in, you know? Like, uh, mosh! I don't actually want to touch anybody, so I wouldn't kick their dicks in. I would just kind of look at them and be like, please don't talk to me. It'd be so exhausting. Her album, Queen, came out. DJ Khaled posted a picture of the cover of the album. I don't know. Their publicist must reach out or something. And he was, he wrote, like... Congrats to Nicki Minaj on the great album or whatever the fuck he wrote. Who cares what he said? He can be silenced. Uh, And then underneath in the comments, I saw that Nicki Minaj had written back and she said something along the lines of, thanks, man. It's all love. And I was like, how dare you? It is not all love. That is the opposite. She said they weren't talking. She said they weren't talking. And I know I just yelled loud enough to kind of interrupt the microphones, but you know what? That's what we were encouraging. And I was so upset because I was like, no, I just went on a rant about this. I just, 24 hours ago, I was incensed. I was victorious. I was living. I was just, you know how Scrooge McDuck swims around in coins? I was like that, but with revenge. And I was a duck and I was going quack, quack, quack. Go fuck yourself, evil DJ man. And uh, <laughs> oh my God, I want to make an animation for, for feminists and it's going to be like a lady and then there's an evil DJ man. Uh, and he rapes. So, uh, I mean, you know, he's got access to the roofies. So I, so just 24 hours after I go on this rant about how thrilled I am to see her finally taking a stand for her vagina. And then I see that she is fraternizing with the enemy. And I know you want your divas to be like, one time she looked at me sideways and took a sip of water. And from that day on, I only think of her and I elbow her in the eyeball with a coat hanger because that bitch will never be my child. I don't know what they're thinking about. They're divas. And everybody 
wants to fuck them. I cannot express to you how important a diva is to the American experience. What is America but hot dogs, streets paved with sewage, and Aretha Franklin. Rest in peace. I know little to nothing about you except for your songs, which are very beautiful, and I honor your memory, though I admit that I am young enough and naive enough about the content of music to not know very much about it, so I apologize for excluding her in this. This seems like a timely mistake, so maybe leave that out because people can listen to it whenever. Okay. Divas, what are they? Naomi Campbell throwing a shoe at a person or whatever it was. A planner. I don't know. She's throwing shit at people and hurting them. That's what a diva is. It's when you throw something and it hurts somebody and you go, that's what I wanted. Like that. (laughs) You're like, I don't care. They work for me, you know? And then it's when you see a person and you just assume they work for you, you know, kind of like my boss. And, um, okay. So, you know what? I'm going to do another list and I'm going to list top three things that you want to see out of your diva. Number one, feuds. Oh, feuds. Oh my God. Oh, 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 feuds. Yes, I want to see some feuds. And guess who it is? It's Nicki Minaj against Cardi B. Who's going to win? I mean, they made it up, right? For publicity. Nicki Minaj is going to win because... I think that she writes her own raps. I could be wrong, but listen, I'm not. And that's my opinion and I'm correct. Um, Feuds. Did Mariah Carey feud with somebody? Yeah. Garfield, in fact. (laughs) Uh, No. Okay. Uh, Adele feuds with carbs. Okay. That is a joke about her weight, which is very rude because I support her and she looks amazing. And, you know, it was the easy way out. And I don't think I'm going to get... patted on the back for that when I sit take a knee after this uh I actually sleep just sitting on one knee (laughs) I'm kneeling it's just to honor um it's just because the NFL is kind of in difficult times right now so I just kind of perch on one knee I have five uh oatmeal pies and then I just kind of sleep upright like a like a vampire or like a bat or like a like a like a stick bug Ooh, sleep come to me. Uh, And then I fall over once I fall asleep. And so when I wake up in the morning, it's usually somebody shaking me and saying, are you okay? And I'm like, ah, I had a seizure. And um, I wear a bracelet so that they think that I have to go to the doctor. And in fact, I am not allergic to anything except for their love. So All right, moving on. What are the top three things we want from divas? Number one, we want feuds. We want to see them acting crazy. We want to hear them acting wild. And we want to know what's happening. We want to see them throwing shit at people's heads. We want to see them demanding candy, food, stuff at their dressing room. We want to see them. Oh, okay. Number two. Okay, so number one is feuds. Number two, wearing almost nothing. Or actually, that's not right. Okay, number two, wearing whatever the fuck they want to wear. That's what we want to see. We want to see fucking Madonna wearing a Pure gold Merkin. You know what I mean? Is she Jewish? But you said yes first, so you understand where I'm coming from with it. Okay. she Sort of iffy. She's She doesn't celebrate Shabbat. Is that a thing? Do you call it celebrating Shabbat? I'm getting distracted. Okay. Kabbalah. So. She does it's what? She does Kabbalah. Oh, she does Kabbalah. That's right. She has that little red idiot bracelet. Okay. So. <laughs> nobody just don't make up any more religions like we have some i mean i guess you do have to kind of integrate the spaceships in so i mean 
you know what? I'll, let's we'll do that. We'll explore that in a future episode. New religions are they okay? I'll let you know by joining a cult. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay. Um, okay. Number two, we absolutely want to see them wearing whatever is great. Okay. Uh, Lady Gaga in a meat dress. Like I mentioned, JLo in that green dress where she's wearing almost nothing. Beyonce, iconic, wearing her diamond poncho, whatever the fuck that was. Do you remember that? I was in like middle school. She was wearing a diamond poncho. It's like a grid of diamonds just kind of covering her nipples. Oh, incredible. Um, Let's see. Who else? I mean, I love Nicki Minaj. And I got to say, she is always wearing... Just latex, you know? And you know what? I'm happy about it. Uh, it's it's performative. It's big. It's gigantic. It's huge. Uh, who else do we have? Um, Cindy Lauper wearing her failure as a badge of honor. And no, she's actually doing well. Well, sort of. Okay, let's not talk about that. Um, divas. Who else do we have? Avril Lavigne riding a skateboard. Not a big deal. Okay, she's not a diva. Um but absolutely, the big ones, the most important thing is that we absolutely... Bjork wearing a swan dress. Uh, now I'm just listing memorable moments in fashion history. But here's the thing. When people go to see a diva's concert, they do not only go to see her sing. And this is, well, this is a facet of the modern pop diva, I suppose. But I think divas traditionally throughout time have always been wearing a banging outfit. And it's however they feel good. So if they want to wear something outrageous, that's a, I would like to imagine perhaps a chandelier constructed as a cage around their pelvis. Yes, we want to see that shit. We want to know. We don't know physics. We want to see some shit that's confusing. Do you know what pink does she rides a the silks from she rides a thing out of the air at her concerts and does acrobatics why does she do that because her singing isn't as good as other people and she's got to do fucking flips uh i don't okay so number one we want feuds absolutely number two we want incredible outfits and number three we want them to sing the hell out of a variety of songs we want them to sing the hell absolutely out of a breakup song that's what i'm gonna say definitively we need them to sing a breakup song that we can relate to and that we can get crazy about and that we can rock uh you know something that you can like cry to but also smash glass to that's what we need from a true diva and you know what my mission in this next week is to be a true diva so here's what I'm going to do. I am going to start a feud. I don't know if it'll be with a human being. And then I'm going to wear two hats. <laughs> Divas! We want a lot out of them and they're giving it to us. And then after that, a couple days, somebody reminded me that all news about celebrities interacting is fake. And I thought to myself, God damn it, I invested my emotions in this. And you know what? It just came back around to hurt me just like everything else. I don't even care about Nicki Minaj. I only care about Winslow, the first man who ever left me. I can maybe someday I'll talk about my, um, losing my virginity experience experience i think princess mononoke was playing in the background it was a, it was wolves were in it what's the anime it's like miyazaki and there's wolves is that hall's moving castle i don't know i didn't watch the movie but i did see the ravenous wolves <laughs> okay so thing number one Nicki minaj hurt my soul and this is how i have to live now and it's a horrible tragedy i know this might surprise you but just like a teenager's id and my boss's respect for women it's all fake uh, that's a fun joke about how me uh, the men at my job are horrible. <sighs> that was a true tragedy. But I, I still like the line about Fetty Wap. It's pretty funny. Uh, and then 
okay she talks about drake which is fine it's like drake is like drake is like if celery wrapped it's like it's hard to have an opinion either way because there's no calories in it you know like you can't hate it that much you could still put peanut butter and raisins on top of it but nobody ever eats celery and is like you know what the natural flavor of this is so delicious no you've got to put it in that french trio of vegetables and it's like carrots what is that carrots and mirepoix does it help if I spit when I say the P part? Mirapois. Well, let's start with... Oh, well, let's start with this. Okay, how am I doing this week? Um, Well, I have my meds. Yum, 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 yum. Yes, I was in a horrible downward spiral characterized by n- nagging, persistent, and constant self-doubt, negative thoughts, and guilty feelings of... What do you call that? It's called, um, I know I was going to yell it, but I forgot the word. Sometimes, see, here's the thing. I have a very large vocabulary, but if it doesn't come out at the right time, you still sound stupid. You know what I mean? If I, like, I could say, oh, you're being very circuitous right now, but that doesn't make any sense. If I'm like, oh, could you get the circuitous out of the refrigerator? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, I just made that up. And yeah, it sounded stupid. I don't care because you know what? I don't even have any friends. So I've got nothing to lose, baby. Let's do this. Wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't take my shirt off, but if we were on spring break, I would have put on a tankini and some sunscreen because I still need to stay protected from melanoma because I am very white. Today is my one year anniversary of not drinking alcohol. No, yes, clap, 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 applause, applause. Oh, the crowd goes wild. Everybody says, yeah, she's not crying in public anymore. We love it. We don't have to deal with that shit. We haven't even seen her in like a year. She pretty much just goes home and reads books. So... It's been a year. Uh, you know what? Let's do it this way. Let's go over my <laughs> let's go over my top five feelings uh, after a year of no alcohol. Number one, uh, relief. Uh, it and the reason I probably talked about it before, but the reason I quit drinking was because it increased my anxiety, which was at an astronomically unmanageable level. So I was spending um, every. I mean, pretty much every minute of my waking life battling sadness or anxiety, which is kind of weird to think because it's like amazing that a human can go through that. And it's like, now I think back on it and I'm like, wow, I felt horrible at every moment. Um, And I would only feel a little bit better if I could hide, but then I was still hiding, you know, Um, in fear. And I'd be like locked up and like I couldn't move. So... Anyway, that's pretty rough. Ooh, it's raining outside. Harry Potter. Okay, so top five feelings. Number one is relief because it, um, you know, I was really anxious. It also coincided with a time in my life when, um, you know, everything was going really horribly and I felt really horrible. Um, You know, and it also augmented that to a certain extent. Generally, when you drink... Um, there is an, you know, pretty much an average curve of the way that your uh, brain chemicals react to alcohol and, you know, you feel good for a little bit, but generally it's a, dep- um, but overall it's a depressant. So then the next day, you know, you have higher levels of anxiety and sadness, which is just, I've heard some people refer to it as like the, what do they call it? Like the Sunday spookies. Um, 
Is that just a thing that my friends call it because they're alcoholics? Or have you heard that before, Aaron? You've not heard that before? Yeah, that's a thing I've heard multiple people say. Um, Yeah, so that's when you did too much like alcohol and drugs and then you're sad all day. But I think it is comorbid with... (laughs) mental illness. (laughs) But yeah, it happens. You got to eat Cheez-Its all day and sit under a blanket because you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die probably. I think Thor hit me with his hammer right in the dick because I had so many whiskey shots that I feel like I'll never have a baby, you know? And um, anyway, so that, you know, naturally and physically increases anxiety. And I was so overrun with uh, struggling with that feeling already that I was trying to take out anything that I possibly could take out any variable that I possibly could to diminish anxiety because I clearly didn't have a handle over it in terms of my physiology, in terms of my, um, you know, cognitive behavioral development. So like in terms of like cognitive behavioral thinking and therapy techniques um, and in terms of my butthole, what's up? So I was like, okay, well, I started going to therapy and I was like, all right, well, I'll change the things I can. Right now, my life sucks and I'm so stressed out all the time. I'm drinking because I'm anxious. And so, and it's not, and then it just kind of makes it worse. So it's not really worth it. So for now, I'm just going to cut it out because I am at such a bad place that my, like my mental health is so bad that it's not even a question. You know, it's not, it's no longer like, oh, I want to go have fun with people. You know, I'm not having fun with people regardless. And this is about two years ago, but it's like, I'm not having fun with people ever. I'm not having fun with myself. I'm not having fun. I feel terror at all times. Like when I wake up, there's a gripping in my chest that makes me feel like, I think I'm filled with horror, but about nothing. There's no reason. And my brain knows that. And I think to myself, there's no reason for me to be upset, but my body is physically telling me, ah, it's Laney number two. That's a stabby knife from this uh, movie about the shower scaries with the Norman Bates Hotel. It is psycho. Yes, nailed it. Perfect seamless reference. <laughs> God, I'm a pop culture icon goddess. Oh my God, do you remember the green dress that Jennifer Lopez wore? Forget about it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mishmashing the cultural zeitgeist into one big casserole of excellence. That's lasagna for you, and this is Mondays with Garfield. Hello, everybody. I'm going to kill myself. Why would Garfield not kill himself, honestly? Because he is miserable constantly. But you know what? I guess he really didn't have a plan. So that's one of the important things you need to know about suicidal ideation. If people have a plan, that's a bad sign and you should get help from professionals. But also, uh, Garfield is bullshit. What a horrible model for mental health. Also, Odie, he's not all there. And we know that, but there's no nice way for me to say that. So I'll stop talking about it. And you know what, John? Impotent. He's impotent for sure, right? Yeah, thank you. I saw the back of your head nod. All right. Um, okay, so my top five feelings of after a year of being sober. Number one, relief, because it um, not only reduced my anxiety, but it also was something that started me, uh, coincided with and started me on my journey to mental wellness, which is an everyday struggle, but... I fight the battle for truth, justice, kindness, and cookies. Uh, 
Um, feeling number two, superiority. I'm better than all of you. Absolutely. There's no question about it. I feel incredible. I look incredible. I'm very beautiful. I have the excellent boobs. And you know what? I could shave my head and I'd still look good. And you know what? I don't even care. So I don't even have to sniff your drinks when you have them. It's not even a big deal to me that whiskey smells delicious. And I would love to put it down the hatch and just glug, glug, glug it all up until I had so much that I didn't even care what you thought of me. But then I would be passed out. So then you would kind of judge me anyway, and I would have that to deal with. So honestly, a lot of the things that are drawbacks about quitting drinking kind of... Well, I mean, I guess this is typical of everybody who quits drinking, but we're not drawbacks from, for me because they prevented me from having further emotional episodes or embarrassing experiences, which I guess is normal for people who have hit rock bottom. That's what they call it. I don't think they should call it that because the bottom of stuff is not rock. You know what I mean? It's probably just darkness. <laughs> no, I laughed a lot when I said that. That's terrifying. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, and that's a joke. Do I feel superior? Absolutely. Is it because I don't drink? No, it's because of who I am. I'm incredible. But that's also a joke. I don't feel very good about myself. And I will be transparent about that. I think that I am excellent. Sometimes people in my life have told me that I have a very strange combination of self-confidence and uh, self-loathing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, two sides of the same coin. I guess I don't have a lot of details on that. <clears throat> Because honestly, if anybody were to listen to this and be like, well, you do have these bad qualities, I'd be like, honestly, you could go die because I don't care about that. Don't. Okay, maybe don't include that. I shouldn't tell people to go die. You know what? You could go suck an egg. How's that? That's good. You can go suck an egg. You could go eat a pickle. Nope. You know what? You know what? Kick rocks. Now, does that infer that you're telling them to die or is it just like, oh, get out of here, bah humbug. Here's what I have to say to them skiddly do, bop de bop get right out of here, you little mop. And that's just called scatting. And that was, uh, you know, created actually by uh, Steven Tyler of Guns N' Roses. So you may remember, uh, you know, all of his epic work. Uh, you know, he was a good friend of Bon Ju Jewish, and they did amazing songs together, like um, Highway to My Dick and Slippery When Red. And... Those are my favorite Guns N' Roses Stephen Perry songs. Stephen Perry? No. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's Stephen Tyler from Guns N' Roses. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what other band I like? It's called um, Barney. That was good. And um, I used to really like Barney when I was little. Okay. I don't remember that, though. I don't know. When people can remember their first memories, it's like, are you Superman? You know, like, are you, did you go to Professor X's Academy for the Sneaky People? I don't remember, and that is not, okay. I don't remember what that place is called. It's a mansion full of scratchy people with claws or mind reading and stuff. Um, mansion of excitement. Oh my God, all the people, they should not let them all come of age together. That is inappropriate. They're going to have some really sexual foibles and it's going to be goofy. I would like to read a comic book that is exclusively the sexual foibles of the pre-adolescent coming of age X-Men characters. You know what I mean? So it'd be like, oh my God, you never know when he's going to shoot a laser out of your dick or acid, vagina acid is going to melt off your hand. You know what I mean? That'd be awesome. And then that guy's superpower would be that he has a ghost hand because a vagina melted it off. So it's imbued with the power of pussy juice. Oh, wow. I, you know what? I am fun. Thank you. Okay. 
So feeling number two, I said superiority. That's a joke. Um, I guess what would fit better for feeling number two is, I guess I should feel proud. My therapist is proud of me. Um, I think I'm proud. I think a lot of the way I did it has to do with being kind of matter of fact about it. So I don't, I don't know. It's hard to celebrate your accomplishments, I think. I think it's really hard to celebrate your accomplishments. And uh, I don't know if... I was going to say, I don't know if other people have that experience. I know that other people have that experience. Um, most of the most talented people that I know, and I think that most people know, have trouble celebrating uh, their successes. So I guess I'll take a moment to say earnestly, listen, I am better than you. I already said that. Um No, but it's hard to celebrate your successes. It's hard to look at yourself and see that you've come far. And I guess, you know, it's like if you are around somebody all the time and they're losing weight and then a year from then somebody comes back and they're like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. And you're like, you look the same as ever, ugly Becky. And I would not say that to somebody, but you know what I mean. I might. And uh, no, I'm kidding. I wouldn't say that. And... No, but you understand. So uh, when it's happening happening gradually, it doesn't feel like it's been a gigantic shift, but that's because changes take place over time, which makes them feel like you're not in control of them, which doesn't make sense because it's just consistent choices, which is even a more impressive thing. Do you think I should eat a hamburger later? I'm kind of hungry. Okay. Also, here, let me list a change over time. I got fucking what do you call that? The thing where they deliver the McDonald's to you from an Uber car? Woo, baby! That shit's good! (laughs) You don't need to drink to have that. Oh my god. I should not be eating that liquid meat shit, but oh my god, it's so hard not to. When they will just send you, they will have a woman walk a cheeseburger to you. Oh my god, the first time I did it, I downloaded it and I was like, I need this. I'm very high. I love this. Also, when you, here's the thing, when I have a good experience being high, oh, what a joy, you know? So I was like, I'm starving and I will have this cheeseburger and I shall order a McFlurry. Uh, You're welcome, everybody. Now you know my order. Send it to me on sex website. And... (laughs) Oh, God. It's called Facebook. So anyway, I... (laughs) Sex website. That's so silly. Mm. Oh my God, they will just give you a cheeseburger. I mean, if you pay for it and then uh, deli- uh, order it. But okay, so the first time I got it, it's coming from Uber Eats and I'm looking at the little icon and you watch it inch closer and closer to your location. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this is this icon is so strange. Something feels off. It looks small. And then I realize it's a motherfucking bicycle. There is a woman and it's raining. There's a woman in the rain holding a cheeseburger and a bag sodden wet with the sweats of her labor. And she is bicycling to me with the cheeseburger. I couldn't be bothered to stand up to get. And then she arrived and she actually was driving a car. So I felt much better. (laughs) I was looking at it like, I think she's parked. Is there a bicycle parked? I think that's a car. Well, I don't really know. Either way, have a good night Elise or whatever the fuck her name was I don't know I named her because she carried a cheeseburger and is therefore worthy of name (laughs) okay anyway quick shout out to cheeseburgers 
You're doing good. Keep it, keep it going. Thick as hell, baby. Should I do a bit where I sexualize cheeseburgers more? You know what? I think I've done it. I've beat that cow to death. Get it? Because it's a cheeseburger and I'm eating it. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a fun sound effects episode. So this is the one where all the people who were listening will stop. And then the new people will start. And they will be disturbed. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, so let me continue with the emotions I feel after a year of being sober. Feeling number two is loneliness. No, okay. All right, let me finish the second feeling. I said superiority. Um, I don't actually feel superior to other people, but I do feel different because my position socially with regard to my peers and social situations as a whole has changed, especially because I am in an industry, stand-up comedy, where... um, a lot of our payment, socializing, business transactions, and time fillers come down to drink tickets. Uh, so, you know, when I do a weekend of shows, if I have three shows on a Friday, I'm there for six to eight hours. What the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing? You Because here's the thing. If you're hosting, you go up, or if you're headlining, whatever it is, you go up, you do 10 minutes, you wait two to three hours for the next show. You go up, you do 10 minutes, you wait two to three hours for the next show, and then you go up and you do the same thing. So um, the, uh, you know, so that's a pretty boring thing. So what do you do while you're doing that? Obviously you drink, you know, that passes the time. It offers camaraderie. It uh, seals business deals. It makes you likable to others, um, to, you know, it, it helps you to bond with people who might book you, people who might see you, people who enjoyed your performance, that kind of thing. So it's altered my social frame of reference by quite a bit because the and to be honest with you, I have more trouble relating to people now. I have more trouble communicating with people now. I paused, but it wasn't for effect. I just had to burp. So I, um, yeah, so I'd say, uh, okay, so number one was, oh my God, I forgot, Aaron. Sorry. What was number one? What was number one? It was like, um, I was happy or so. Oh, relief. Number one was relief. Number two, um, security or superiority. Yes. Pertaining to social influence. Um, number three is dedication. I think, um, I feel pretty, I feel that it's a tangible way for me to measure my dedication to my mental health as well as my dedication to myself and me valuing myself um, because it is something that I could go back to doing. And honestly, I could probably go back to drinking in moderation. I didn't go to any meetings or anything like that. Um, you know, it could be something that's a part of my life. But honestly, I choose to, I continue at this point to choose to leave it out because I think it simplifies things. And uh, there are a lot of things that are overcomplicated with my mental health. And I don't want to mess with that balance. I don't want the plates to come crashing down. Um, so number three, I think it's dedication. It's kind of um, proof to myself and to the people around me that I'm better, honestly, because 
people use that as a tangible way to congratulate me on no longer being a hot fucking mess. Uh, So basically, I had an emotional breakdown and then I quit drinking, distanced myself from everybody I knew. And now I don't really have friends. I just have hobbies and I'm excellent at them. But I don't even have any hobbies. I only slay. Um, Yeah, but dedication because, um, you know, on the positive side, I think it's a a, um, unit of time and a concrete way to measure my progress. Um, Number four, weird. It's weird. It's weird dating. It's weird meeting people. But honestly, it's less weird now. It's not as big a deal. Um, I think it's still a little bit weird because I'm a down and dirty bad bitch, and I love to boot scoot boogie, and I love to ride a horse, save a cowboy. You know what I mean? I like horses for fucking... And... um, that's all the country songs I know. Man, I feel like a gopher. <laughs> like a woman. Man, I feel like a woman. That's her. Um, the Dixie Chicks. Oh, no. I sat on a dick. Is that one of their songs? <laughs> They're sisters, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? It was the fourth one. I know it was four, but I don't know what I said. Okay, I don't know. Uh, oh, it was about people meeting them, saying, hi, guys, I want to be friend. Okay, whatever I said, it was that. Number four, insert here. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> okay, um, number four was, I'm sorry, I've probably been talking for like two hours. Okay, don't don't think about it. Okay, I'm, I'll wrap it up. Um So number four is that thing, whatever I said. Weird. I said weird. Yeah. Number four is weird. Uh, It's it's just weird socially. Also, the thing is, too, like, I'm not against drinking. I don't really have anything wrong with it. I'm not really against drug use. Like, I can't do it myself for a lot of very important reasons. Um, But it doesn't really bother me. So I think, and a lot of the time... It, it bothers other people because they are reflecting their own behavior through what they imagine to be my eyes. Because honestly, I'm not paying attention to anybody else because I don't really give a shit. If I notice people getting drunk, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, unless they're like, you know, clearly about to like hurt themselves, you know, like they're falling downstairs and cracking their head open or, or saying really dangerous things or something, you know, I don't really care. It's just like, you're probably going to get hammered. You're probably going to make out with somebody. You're probably going to eat some Chinese food and like maybe wake up with it in your mouth. Not a big deal. It sounds like a good night. Great work, Joe. And, um, so it's weird. You know, I think it makes me seem a little bit weird. Um, but luckily, this is the first time I've had a um, boyfriend. I, I guess I didn't really have to date like this. This is the first person I've dated since I quit drinking. And uh, he met me, I don't know, at work. And I guess already knew that about me. And just we did activities and it didn't really come into play, I guess, because he already knew it. And he kind of liked that about me. So... Great for him. Okay. Um, Feeling number five. I suppose I'll say doubt because I experienced doubt a lot with regard to this. Because like I said, um, you know, it's a choice that I made 
nobody forced me. I didn't have to be forced into it. I didn't really require outside intervention. Um, I mean, I was seeing a therapist, which was my own decision, as well as the advice of everyone around me, <laughs> no doubt, but, <laughs> and remains to be their <laughs> preference. Uh, but, you know, it was a decision I made for myself um, for a lot of reasons that were ultimately, you know, I share publicly, but are probably more private than, um, you know, most people understand. And I'm a young person still. And being a young person trying to navigate being an artist, trying to navigate growing into a different kind of adulthood, trying to navigate celebration, marking the passage of time, events relating to others. Um, a lot of that is built around the framework of alcohol. And a lot of it makes me worry about if I am a downer, which you know, I can be when I'm worrying, when I'm anxious, when I'm depressed, um, if I fit in with other people. Um, and sometimes I just want to drink. Like, you know, if I went to New Orleans, I would want a Sazerac. That's delicious, right? Sazerac is fantastic. It's basically like a, what is it, like a Manhattan, but New Orleans? Anyway, um, you know, or like a mint julep. Or sometimes it's just like a perfect gin and tonic day or whatever. Um and essentially, I've just decided it's not really worth it for me still. It remains to be not worth it for me. So, um, you know, I guess I make that decision every every week. So those are my five feelings about... Those are my five feelings about quitting drinking one year to the day after I quit drinking. Uh, and I guess the last thought I have on this is that... People often talk to me like they expect me to be their keeper. Uh, like, oh, I've been thinking about quitting. Um, or like, oh, I've been thinking about it. Or how do you feel? Which, I mean, that's chill. But, and, you know, I don't, people don't ask me for advice a ton. They kind of just ask me like what it felt like and if it was hard and that kind of thing. And to me, I think I had already had so many dramatic and traumatic things happen in my life and I had started going to therapy for them that I had already started dealing with the underlying emotional issues and so by the time I quit drinking it was just like it's time like my life is not going well because of my mental state and this is not you know it was hard but if this has even a tenth of a chance of helping my mental state anything would be an improvement to this because I, it hurts real bad all the time. And uh, I don't want to feel that way anymore. So at that point, once I had kind of gotten some of the tools to communicate, uh, access, and confront that, I just stopped. And, uh, you know, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be because I had already kind of faced the issue. Um, yeah, so that's how I feel about that. Dating. Oh, no. Ah! Help! It's so scary. I'm so afraid. It's the last time I did it. I was so sad that I didn't have an apartment anymore. Did you know they could just take it back if it's their house? Ah!
All right. So this week we have one big question that we're going to focus on, uh, and it's dating advice time, people. So uh, if you just heard the sounds that I made, you know that I have a lot of experience dating people out on the town, dancing, grooving, dry humping, not a big deal to me. Not even something that's a big uh, whoop. No big whoop. That's what I always say about dating. No big whoop. I love to whoop, 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 whoop it up. All right, so let's do some advice. I am absolutely doing excellent, 100% good idea life coach. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to blow the whistle. And now we're going to get the coach on the field. No flags on the play. Let's win this game. Make a goal. Score a basket. Kick a touch field. All right, here's the question. I work at a bank and I have a coworker I asked out in another department on another floor. And she said she has a rule against dating coworkers. I am currently looking for another job and asked if she'd like to be friends. And she said yes to hanging out. If things go well as friends and I get another job, should I try asking her out on a date again? Do you think it would be weird to ask her if she only said no because we are currently coworkers? All right. So let's huddle up here. We're going to get ready. Put on your cup because you're not going to be fucking for a little bit. And uh, you need to know that uh, because we're starting from scratch here, baby. We're cooking up the magic. It's Steph Curry with the shot and Kobe Bryant, Duncan and LeBron. You know what he does? Fucking everything. He does everything. Okay. Those are the sports that I know. Tanya Harding. Ooh. Michelle Kwan. Wow. That's figure skating. Okay. Back to the question. How will you win her heart? I'm going to call her Nina. So, and I'm going to call you Bozeman. I made that up. That's not this person's name. So Bozeman, first of all, maybe go by a nickname because you sound like a turd. So that's rude. Okay, so it sounds like as the situation stands, you guys still work together. Uh, You're looking for a different job, but you're still hanging out. So I don't know if you have hung out yet, but let's think about this. If I was a lady, and I am, would I like, and I don't, (laughs) to hang out? (laughs) Okay, no, that's bad. Okay, ready? Here we go. Um, Should I try asking her out on a date again? Okay, well, I had to huddle up with my producer Aaron here because he is a man and also a person. So the second part was news to me, but I started giving advice and it was incredibly bad. It was so bad. I just, my advice was very negative, but I think what I was missing in that advice is the blind optimism, confidence, and hope of men. And um, maybe it's not always men, but in my experience, I date men and that's what's coming towards me. Uh, You know, so... You understand, et cetera. Uh, And I think, well, it sounds like it really does kind of demand that of you. You really got to do a lot of work. Anyway, um, but one of the things that Aaron suggested is, and you, I guess you've done the first step, which is uh, asking if she likes to be friends, low-key hanging out. She said yes to hanging out, low-key hanging out. 
So this situation is kind of awkward because you guys work together. You probably don't know each other incredibly well. Like you probably don't know what sign she is or what the pH balance in her vagina is, that kind of thing. And listen, I know it's a two. Basic. Yeah, that's a basic bitch. Not to insult the love of your life. Bozeman, you're going to win her and I will be at your wedding. Oh my God, if they get married, can I go to the wedding? Oh my God, I want to be the ring bearer and I want a cat to be the flower girl. Yes. And we'll give it catnip. All right. Okay. I am on board for this because I want this to work out. I want to be at events. I'm going to be emceeing. This is going to be excellent for my career, but this is not about me. This is about young love. So here's what we got to do. You work at a bank. That's not romantic, but you know what? That's good. Who cares? Okay. I'm going to incorporate Aaron's advice. And here's the deal. You have to be respectful, but persistent. I think that's what we've agreed upon. You have to be respectful, but persistent. So she said no to hanging out or she said no to uh, going on a date, but she said yes to hanging out. That makes sense. We're in a time where going on a date, what does that mean? It means something completely different to every single person. So maybe she wasn't ready to have lobster with you. Maybe she wasn't ready to uh, dance like no one's watching. You know, maybe she wasn't ready to go swimming with the orcas, but you know what she is ready to do? casual group setting. So don't ask her out. Don't be like, hey, this is a date. We are going to wear gloves. We are going to, you know what I mean? That doesn't even, we're going to wear opera glasses and we will sit on a horse and we will gallop to the racetrack where we will drink mint juleps while our chaperone touches each of our anuses. And I know that's not what they were for, but this is a weird story anyway. So we might as well get down and dirty with Bozeman's Butler. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Don't do that. Nina's not going to be into it. So here's what we got to do. We got to keep it low key. We got to make her feel comfortable. I think that's one of the biggest obstacles is getting to know you and not getting to know a version of you that is trying to impress her because that's suspicious to people that raises red flags and that doesn't make them feel comfortable. She's probably a cool girl. She's probably fun to hang out with. Uh, If she's down to be friends and she's down to kind of get to know you, she really just wants to hang out Uh, and in a comfortable way where she doesn't have to feel like there's too much pressure. She doesn't have to feel like her gloves aren't nice enough, you know, for the dance hall and she doesn't have to feel like uh weird nobody wants to feel weird uh since this is somebody that you know and you know them through work uh going for the clothes right away is not going to be a good idea i would say would you agree aaron yeah yeah i would say this seems like a situation where you're trying to date not just get in get out but get back to the mall i saw jackie say that on that 70s show one time and i say it all the time and nobody ever knows but that's she that's what she said about wearing skirts you're in you're out you're back at the mall and that's fun for sex okay so keep it low-key keep it in comfortable situations and just enjoy spending time hanging out and getting to know her. So think of it like uh, making a new friend at first. But is that is that good or are you looking doubtful? Don't look at him. He's a man. Uh, but uh, yeah, keep it low key. Um, things, what, what did you say? Group date. That's not right. Um, but invite her to social events where your other friends will be there. That way she can see that you are human and people will touch your hand in greeting. Even if they hug you, that is good. She says, ah, he does not murder. Mm, no murder. Honestly, that is a very important thing for you to see how somebody interacts with other people, for you to see how uh, your significant other tips wait staff. That's super important to me. Uh, 
for you to see how they treat their parents. That's super important for you to see what kind of relationships they have with their friends. Uh, even if they're not consciously thinking about it, it's just something that number one helps them get to know you a little bit better. Uh, and number two, absolutely helps them trust you because the same way that you're looking at this person, she's looking at you. You guys don't know each other that way, that well. And you're, you're you know, oh, I mean, for her, uh, boys are spooky. You got a wiener and a ding along ding dong. And you know what? We got to make sure that you don't have any red flags because if you do have a red flag, it means chop, 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 murder your head off. So I'm not suggesting that you would do that. And I and would never suggest it. Braun dork. What did I say? Bra- uh, brave done. Bozeman. Bozeman. Good. <clears throat> okay. But you guys work together. Uh, so keep it chill. Uh, oh man, I'm still not doing this right. Um, you know what? Hang out with her, get to know her, invite her to, uh, you know, parties that your friends are having or very casual situations. So you guys can kind of get to know each other in a casual atmosphere, uh, and keep asking her out, but make sure that she's comfortable. Don't make her, un- I mean, don't, don't be like, boo, you want to hang out? You know, take your time, get to know her, be cool. And just know that, she thinks they are hiding a mountain of cruelty underneath a mask of smiles. Here's the deal. My name's Lainey Leonards. I said a bunch of shit. Actually, I got very real about my uh, sobriety. Uh, that's how I pronounce it. Sobriety. I like to call it staying dry like Roseanne. Oh, you think she's sopping wet? Rude. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, this is Lainey Leonard. Uh, it's Lainey. That's me. And I'm here with Aaron from Jazz Fuzz Studios. He thinks that Roseanne is sopping wet at all times. So honestly, you're a supporter of Roseanne Barr. It's pretty weird that you're into all that conspiracy theory shit. And it's weird that you've been trying to explore the strange beans that is her clitoris. And that's all on you. That's you. Yeah, I know. Oh, don't try to pull back. now, Aaron, I see you. I see you laughing right into her puss. I see you just giggling straight into her cooch, just bellowing into the echoing cave of her birth canal. Anyway, brought to you by Roseanne Barr, who was selected as a sponsor by Aaron Landsman of Jazz Fuzz Studios. I am stamping the floor, and this is Lainey Leonard's. Now get your shit together and listen to my life. 